talk about peace of mind. Now, I don't want you to give me a piece of your mind, but uh, uh, that's not the way that you spell the peace that I'm wanting to talk about, P-E-A-C-E. Peace of mind. So I guess we could say that to have peace of mind is to have an absence of worry, just as peace, just a single word, is an absence of war. And so we are looking to look at a few things, and I suppose we sometimes we're inspired in what we want to talk about by news items. And um, there was a little um, article in the a paper um, a week or so back, and it was about the uh, concern about children, um, how that they're getting very concerned about some of the stuff on social media. I read a bit of it. Uh, Kids rely on social media for a sense of worth. Children as young as 10 are becoming dependent on social media for their sense of self-worth, a major study warns found many youngsters now measure their status by how much public approval they get online, often through likes. Some change their behaviour in real life to boast, to boost their image on the web. A report into youngsters aged 8 to 12 was carried out in, in England. Um, this lady said social media firms were exposing children to major emotional risks with some youngsters starting secondary school ill-equipped to cope with the avalanche of pressure they face online. We'll quote some of them, Snapchat, WhatsApp and Instagram, were the most popular social networks for the children, even though all three supposedly require users to be at least 13. The youngsters confessed by, uh, by planning excursions around, uh, around potential photo opportunities and then messaging their friends and friends of friends to demand likes for their posts. The report found youngsters felt their friendships could be at risk if they did not respond to social media posts quickly and around the clock. It was the middle of the night sometimes. Children aged 8 to 10 were starting to feel happy when others liked their posts. However, those aged 10 to 12 were concerned with how many people liked their posts. Um, I didn't like posts when I was on the farm. It was hard work. But anyway, suggesting a need for social validation that gets more intense the older they become. This lady warned that a generation of children risk growing up worried about their appearance and image as a result of the unrealistic lifestyles they follow on platforms like Instagram and Snapchat, increasingly anxious about switching off due to the constant demand of social media. Now, for those of you who have uh, children, um, you may uh, understand some of that, of the pressure that your children uh, come under from uh, others, and uh, maybe they're, they're drawn into it. And it's an insidious thing. Uh, this business about self-worth um, is a huge thing uh, to, uh, to people, particularly young ones. And um, it's, um, I remember a few years ago I was visiting interstate and uh, stayed with the pastor and his wife and they had three children. And uh, they were going to school and the middle one uh, was uh, getting a hard time. She was a bit unsure of herself and um, I think the teacher had been giving her a hard time or she felt that she had been. 
And um, so anyway, she told her parents about it and they sat around the meal table. And so dad said to the older sister and the younger brother, what do you think of your sister? Of your sister? Do you think she's all right? Oh, yes, yeah, she's great. And uh, so they both said that, which is quite amazing. For but, uh, Anyway, and he said, well, mo mother and, uh, and I think that you're great as well. So what the teacher or anyone else at school says about you uh, is not important. And above all, God loves you, and that's what means more than anything. And it helped the, the girl considerably to know that she at least had her family on side and the Lord was on side. Now, the other thing that I'm sure that a lot of you read about in the news was about the tragedy of the 14-year-old girl in Catherine in the Northern Territory um, who uh, took her own life and uh, the, the, uh, the bullies, the cyber bullies, are blamed for her death. And uh, there is quite a lot of that sort of stuff that goes on as well. And uh, what goes on in the mind of a, a young person or any person who was being bullied? Um, I remember a story which had a happier ending of um, a certain young lady that I know very well. And uh, she was copying a bit of this at school. And it was reported to the, the teachers. And, uh, and, and it was dealt with and happened to be a boy that was doing this. And sometime uh, shortly after that, um, the girl's father came into the classroom and this boy said, is that your dad? She said, yeah, that's my dad. And uh, that helped because he's quite big. Anyway, so uh, I won't name anybody, but uh, there we go. So that helps. Anyway, praise the Lord. So. Um, uh, peace of mind is what people who get into difficulty over these sort of things are, um, are really needing. And it's, it's just so important what other people think of them. But we are people who should believe that it doesn't matter what other people's opinion is of us, provided that we know that God loves us and that God cares about us. Now, I've got my Bible open at Isaiah 26. I just want to read one verse here. And uh, it says in verse 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, his mind is stayed on thee. And so the writer is saying that, God, you are going to keep people, any person whose mind is stayed on thee, you're going to keep them in perfect peace because he trusts in thee. Now, I wanted to just uh, study this verse a little bit. Um, it talks about having their mind uh, stayed on him. Now, the Hebrew word that, for this is uh, uh, yetzah, uh, from another word which is very similar to it, yetzah. And Yasser is the word that is used in the beginning of the Bible where Adam was formed out of the dust of the ground. And like uh, how that a potter uh, molds the clay into shape to make the pot. And, uh, and so this is applied here uh, to people's minds, which are very easily molded. And uh, we all have minds and we all are susceptible to 
outside influences uh, directing the way that our, our thoughts go. But um, we also look at um, uh, the word stayed, and uh, that that means something that is 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 supported by. They have stays on ships, and they have them in other things where they're supporting the mast and all this sort of thing. But it, it's what is really saying that if your mind is supported by God, you'll have perfect peace. And uh, as the scriptures say, peace is beyond natural understanding. And so um, sometimes people say that, that those who've got religion is just a crutch. Well, it's something to support people. And uh, it's true. But everybody's got a crutch. Other people are being supported by other things, and uh, that's uh, uh, not not safe, but being supported by God is. And it also talks about because they trust in the Lord. Now, um, a couple of other verses to, to quote here in Proverbs 28, verse 26. It says, He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. That's what God thinks. If people did, ah, oh, well, I'll just work it all out for myself. Whatever I feel, that's what I'm going to do. And God says, you don't know what you're talking about here. You're just being stupid. Uh, in uh, Jeremiah, we might look at this one in Jeremiah, in uh, chapter 17, and uh, we read there God's advice. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his, his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So God says you actually bring a curse upon yourself by trusting, this is Jeremiah 17 verse 5, did I say that? Anyway, um, that you bring a curse on yourself if you trust in men. And uh, and we also go on to read, And he shall be like the, the heath in the desert, and shall not see when the good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, and a salt land and not inhabited. In other words, if you put your trust in natural people, you are sentencing yourself to a life of misery and all sorts of things going wrong. But by contrast, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as the tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat comes, but a leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease through yielding fruit. And it goes on to say that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? So if we trust in our own heart, or in the hearts of natural people, well, we are trusting in something which is totally unreliable and deceitful. But if we trust in the Lord, we are safe. Now at camp, many of you were there at camp, and we had a great theme of uh, Romans chapter 12, and I, I can't get away from it. I want to quote from it again. Uh, Romans chapter 12, and just um, verse, uh, verse 2 here we want to look at. Romans 12 verse 2, and it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what that's saying is, don't fashion yourself by the world. 
And for those who perhaps, and it might not just be children, it may be older people as well who are caught up in this in this craze of our time uh, where they've got to be on some form of social media almost 24-7, at least have it there accessible to them. And you know, so what are we being influenced by? So what God's really saying to us in this age don't be fashioned by what other people have to say to you on social media or any other means uh, of, you know, the way they speak to you face to face or the way they look at you or the way they don't look at you and all these sort of things. So don't fashion yourselves by the people in this world. And I have to add, don't fashion yourself by the opinions of people in the fellowship either. unless. It is spiritual content in what they have to say. Because sadly, uh, not everybody that's spirit-filled walks the way that they could. And all of us, of course, fall down in some way or another. But if we fashion ourselves by what other people are saying and the influence that we have, and again, you know, young people are often influenced by this, partly because they're still finding their way in life and it's important to them that they have friends. And uh, so don't fashion yourself by what other people have to say. Um, and um, But allow yourself, it goes on to say, be transformed. Allow yourself to be changed from within. The Holy Spirit's come within by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what God thinks and what God says. And so if we know what God says about us, it's going to help you tremendously. And I wonder, the people who are having trouble, spirit-filled people who are having this sort of trouble, I wonder how well that they know their Bibles. If you, if you are having trouble, and maybe there's some here that are having some trouble in this regard, if uh, we were to say to you, can you think of some good scriptures of what God says about his relationship with you? and uh, Maybe some of you would be really battling. Remember one particular fellow who'd been uh, out of fellowship with something terrible he'd done, and uh, one of the pastors said to him uh, he wanted to come back, and he said, "Oh, um, this pastor said to him, can you? Um, you've been out for a long time. What scriptures have you been hanging on to?" And he thought for a while, "Oh, Mark 16. What else? Oh, Acts 2." Anything else? He couldn't think of anything else. He thought that that's what he was supposed to say. Well, they're good scriptures about how to get saved. But we've got to get in deeper than that. We've got to know what the Bible says about our relationship with God. And if we're sure of that, and if we're really trusting in the Lord, well, a lot of these other things really don't matter to us. One of the things that um, really stayed in my mind, I was up in New Guinea in 1990 with Pastor Laurie, Pastor Bob, Beverly, and we spent a month up there, and it was really one of the memorable times of my life, really, when I think about it. And um, the thing that struck me with a number of the people, and we got really got to know some of them very well, you'd ask them a question and uh, and they, they didn't know the answer. So they, the, the simple answer was, God knows. Of course he does. But they just really meant it. We're not worried about this. We don't, we don't know whether it's going to rain today or tomorrow or ever. But God knows, and he'll look after it. 
And that's what we miss out on sometimes here in our time. Anyway, so just talking a little bit about mental health, I guess that's what we want to talk about, I believe. David Payne's came up here and gave a great talk on that. I've heard him give it elsewhere. But um, just look at a couple of examples of people in the Bible who had uh, some mental illness. And the first one I want to talk about was a famous king way back in the book of Daniel, and his name was Nebuchadnezzar. So we'll go back to Daniel and chapter 4, and we uh, read the story. Now, he was the king in Babylon, and we won't go through the whole story, but we find that uh, Daniel uh, was uh, interpreting a dream for uh, for Nebuchadnezzar, and it was basically warning him that because of his pride, he was going to have a nasty fall. And uh, we'll just pick it up in uh, verse 24. And uh, so Daniel says to the king, this is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High which comes up upon my lord the king. They shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be in the beasts with the beasts of the field, and they shall make you to eat grass as oxen, and they shall uh, wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee till thou know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee after you have, shalt no, have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquity, by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So he was living in relative peace, but he was not finding favour with God. He was watching this, and you're not treating people well. So repent of the way that you were living and the time of your peace will be extended as a result of this. It's an interesting word, tranquility. Uh, these days, a lot of people uh, have tranquilizers. They're called medicine. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes they're prescribed by the doctor and uh, sometimes they're prescribed by the drug dealer. And uh, and you can sort of buy them in dark alleys and all these sort of things, apparently. And um, they're supposed to, and they do, have an effect on people's minds. Actually, sometimes they absolutely drive them crazy. Some of these, they call them mind-bending drugs and so on. And uh, it's generally referred to as dope. I think that's the name for the people who take them. But anyway, it's... Um, so... Talking about tranquilizers now, medically, and I'm not for a moment trying to belittle the fact that some people have terrible trouble with mental illness, and um, I'm sure that we all feel compassion towards people who are genuinely sick, and sometimes it's been because of the way that they've lived or, you know, substance abuse. But often it's nothing, none of the, none, no fault of their own whatsoever. It's a genuine sickness. Well, God heals the sick and all the people say. Uh, but, and sometimes the doctors will give you something to calm you down and all that sort of thing. But, um, uh, anyway, let's, let's read on here. 
Um, we'll read a little bit more. Um, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He walked in the palace of the kingdom of Bab Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of thy kingdom, of the kingdom by the might of my power and by the honor of my majesty? He was walking up and down, saying, I am the greatest president that has ever lived. Uh, oh, the king, um, and so on. And I'm a very humble man. And uh, I think I'm a genius and all these sort of things. I don't know what sort of hair do we had, but anyway. Uh, so he was just bragging about how wonderful he was. But while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. They shall drive thee from men, and by dwelling, thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And so he went mad. And they didn't know what to do with him, so they put him out to pasture, literally. He had to go out and wander around and just live like a, an animal and eat the grass and all sorts of things. And um, anyway, we read in verse 33, the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar and he was driven from men and did eat grasses, oxen and so on. Uh, and his uh, hair grew like a eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And the end of the days... He's now giving his testimony. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes under heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. I praised and honoured him that lives forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, his kingdom from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven among the inhabitants of the earth, and none shall stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? And so he's acknowledging that God was in control. At the same time, my reason returned unto me, and for the glory of my kingdom, mine honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors, my Lord, sought unto me. And I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, and all his uh, works are truth and ways, his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to a base. Now, he and no doubt many other dictators over the uh, as the term of history have uh, got themselves into trouble because of their pride. And there's a saying that uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's what happened to him. But he humbled himself. And sometimes we get into trouble maybe not as serious as this, because of our pride. And certainly if we're walking around thinking how wonderful we are and so on, we're not giving the glory to God. And uh, so anyway, that's that's one one way that people can get into trouble. And we're spirit-filled people. We know to remain humble and to walk in the Spirit, and the Lord will bless us. Now, the other one I wanted to refer to was somebody who did take his own life, and that was one of the twelve a disciples by the name of Judas. If we go to Matthew chapter 26 and um, right at the end, just uh, before Jesus died, and uh, we find here in Matthew 26 and verse 14, then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto him, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. And so 
a Judas sold out the Lord for money. He was greedy. He was a thief. And we pick it up again in uh, chapter 27 and uh, verse uh, verse 3. And then Judas, G- Jesus had been arrested. Um, and uh, so we read, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and then I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See, they, see you to that. And he cast down the piece of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And so he took his own life because he didn't have the right attitude. He was greedy. And here he was, when you think about it, he just totally missed his opportunity. The other 11 uh, disciples, for all their faults, they went on and uh, became, uh, many of them were martyred for the cause of the gospel but they've got on to their reward. And the sad story is that one of the 12 missed out because of his greed. And uh, that's why, and I suppose when anybody gets to the point where they take their own life, it's nearly always because of something that's gone wrong with them mentally, but they just can't see any solution. It's, I just can't go on. And so um, that's... Uh, very sad. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Uh, I want to start in verse 28. And even as they, that's the world generally, they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God them o- gave them over to a reprobate mind, or as it says in my margin, a mind void of judgment, to do those things which are not convenient. <clears throat> And that's, of course, what's happened to the world generally. We're living in a society where I think that the main religion in Australia is atheism these days, or close to it. And so all these people, and we've probably all got relatives and friends and, you know, people that we work with, maybe nice people, but they've decided that God doesn't exist And so they've rejected God. They didn't want to retain him in their lives. And so God said, well, if you want to cut me out, well, you're on your own. And so in the previous verses, it talks about things which are very current, of course, with the the latest uh, great news and so on about people that are allowed to get married that weren't before and all these sort of things, which is total abomination in the sight of God. And But just so many things that they've left God out of the picture. And so the world is going downhill at an accelerating rate. And we're going to read here, because they didn't want God, they've got their, their mind, is influenced by all these other things to do things which are not convenient and being filled with all unrighteousness and all the lists of things that, that have come in because God is left out of it. Immorality and greed and 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 murder and, and envy and deceit and all these things. It goes on lists a whole lot of things that are going on there. And uh, so uh, down at verse 31, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, you can't calm them down, unmerciful, but knowing the judgment of God, which say which commit some things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do it. And so uh, that's what's happened to the world. They've uh, 
push God out. But we've got the answer, and we've got to make sure that we let our light shine by making sure that we don't make the same mistake that a lot of people in the world are doing. We've got to have our minds stayed on him. We've got to have him supporting us. Now, sometimes people might think, oh, that means that I've got to be reading a Bible for four hours a day and uh, going around quoting scriptures all the time and so on. Well, that's good if you can do that. But it's more a matter of doing the scriptures than just reading them and so on. So the, the, the Bible has got the answer to everything, every aspect of our life. And for us, one of the big issues, we've got a great fellowship here, we've got, we're all a family together, and it teaches us how to get on with each other, how to live peaceably with each other, how to uh, love one another, how to be kind to one another, and all of these things. So if, you, if you're reading your Bible, um, you know, four hours a day, but you weren't following, you know, the scriptures of how to treat one another, well, you really missed the point. Anyway, let's uh, go over to chapter 8, and we read in verse 5, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. I'm going to read it from another translation. It says, For those who according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit and controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek things which gratify the, the Holy Spirit. So we make the choice. We get Spirit-filled, but then we have to walk in the Spirit and we look to do the things which makes the Holy Spirit inside of us happy and that makes us happy. And it goes on to say, now the, the mind of the flesh which is which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. That's what it leads to. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter, but the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace now and forever. And verse 7, that is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God, for it is not subject itself, it does not subject itself to God's law, indeed, it cannot. And so it's a clear choice. And we made the choice to follow the Lord. We've got to keep on examining ourselves day by day. And uh, can I be walking closer to the Lord? Can I be less natural in my thinking? And it gets back to what influences that we allow to direct our life. Let's go back to the Gospel of Mark now and chapter 4. Great little verse here in chapter 4. In fact, there's a lot of great little verses in the Bible, you might have noticed. And uh, so Mark chapter 4, it's in the midst of Jesus telling parables, but I just want to read verse 24. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, for what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall bore be given. So we've got to be careful what we allow to go into our minds. And we have our senses that feed our minds. And one of them is our hearing, what we hear. 
be careful what we hear. He's talking to them about parables, and he said, you've got to make sure that you've got ears that hear. We've all got ears that hear, uh, but sometimes we don't allow them to be tuned into the spiritual channel. And sometimes people read their Bibles, and all they can see out of it is, is natural things. And uh, I remember my dad having a go at me after I came to the Lord, and he said, uh, I was reading the Bible. He was talking to someone else, but for my benefit. And uh, he said, I was reading the Bible, and uh, it said, you shouldn't drink milk, that's for babies, and uh, which is a distortion of First Peter chapter 2. Uh, it's, but it says that you should drink wine, it's good for the stomach, and uh, which... Timothy was told as a medicine, if you've got an upset stomach and wine helps, we'll have a bit of medicine. In fact, a lot of the medicines we get are um, got a bit of alcohol in them. Ask uh, Grant Wanham. He used to, he was addicted to it before he came to the Lord. But anyway, it was twisting it around. But we've got to make sure when we read the Bible, we get the message out of it the Lord wants us to get. Anyway, let's go on a little bit more. So uh, verse 35 in the same chapter of Mark 4, The same day when the evening was come, Jesus said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side of the lake. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there with him also other little ships. There rose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, in the back of the ship, asleep on a pillow. They wake him and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? What are you worried about? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, a lot of these stories that happen there in the Bible, of course, they're true. They actually happened. But often the Lord had this recorded for us so that we can reason that whether you're a seafaring person or not, whatever your life is, if you look at your life as being like a boat, and you've got to make sure you've got Jesus on your boat and because there'll be storms and we'll get all upset and worried and we'll be blaming God and God, what are you doing to me now? Where are you when I need you and all this sort of thing? He says, calm down. I want to tranquilize you. I want to, uh, uh, yes, I want you to calm down and realize there's a great scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. And Jesus is able to still your storm no matter what it is. A couple other scriptures. Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And we're told here, For the word of God is quick, is full of life, and is full of power, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, the reason why we need to read our Bibles and to know our Bibles is so that the more we get to understand the true meaning of Scripture, whenever we're faced with a situation we don't know what to do, uh, it will bring it back to us. The Holy Spirit brings all things to our remembrance. 
And so it sorts it out for us. It descends between our thoughts and the intents of our heart. Sometimes our, our mind is actually uh, telling us something, but in our heart, we don't want to do that. And, uh, and so the Lord is able to sort it out, to differentiate between the thoughts that are scriptural and the ones that are not. You're able to sort our heart out as well and to get us onto the right track. But if you don't read your Bible and you don't think about the things that you hear uh, preached from the platform, and, you know, a lot of our choruses and hymns are fantastic because a lot of them are almost pure scripture and all sorts of things can come back to us. So these are all things that help us to have this perfect peace. This is being sustained. This is being supported, held up by the Lord because we know his word and we're, we're being guided by it. Okay, let's go back to John 14, verse here that probably many of us know. And uh, we look in verse 26, where it's talking about the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Spirit reminds us of all these things. And then he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. That's what we want. We don't want the world, as it goes on to say here, not as the world gives I unto you. I'm not, Jesus said, I'm not talking about the peace that the world talks of. In a verse in Thessalonians addressed to our time, it says, They say peace, peace, when there is no peace. And they're talking about world peace. We're going to have world peace as uh, somebody's just fingers just hovering over the nuclear button. and uh, But the Lord says, no, real peace, the peace in your heart, the peace with God, the peace that as you and your brothers and sisters walk in the ways of God, you'll have peace with each other, that marriages will be healed, that relationships between parents and children that have been estranged, all sorts of things, former friends that you had, you can be reconciled to them. And that's the peace which the Lord gives. And that's the way he wants it. And he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, we've got control in this. We can let our heart go the wrong way, or we can reprogram it to go the right way. Deep down inside, we can make up our minds that I'm going to let God rule in my life. I'm not going to let myself worry and get frustrated at all these other things. Let's go to Galatians. A couple more verses before we finish. Galatians chapter 5. And, uh, yeah, Galatians 5. And verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. So peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so we walk in the Spirit. And down in verse 7 of chapter 6 we read, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. He that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so as we apply it, that the things which we hear, the things which we see, the things which we 
get sent to us by social media or wherever else or verbally, personally delivered to us and so on. Well, we, uh, if we allow those things to affect us, we've got to learn to turn off the things that are going to drag us down. We've got to learn to switch on, to change channels and to make sure that we're listening to things that build us up. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And for some people, they have to learn to practice it at home, first of all. As an old saying, that charity begins at home. And if we... Uh, if we don't learn how to be nice to our husband or wife or our parents or our children and so on, well, it's, uh, it's not a good start, is it? And if, they, if the neighbours hear you having a domestic at uh, you know, high volume uh, and then you try and witness to them the next day and say, what sort of a Christian are you? I heard you swearing at your husband or your wife yesterday. And uh, so don't tell me about your religion. It's obviously not doing you any good. But, you know, if we let the Lord change us, well, praise the Lord. Romans, um, where did we get to? Romans 14, just a couple more. Romans 14 and then Philippians, and I promise I'll get off after that. And we read, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved to men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith, wherewith one may edify another. Let's search out the things. Let's think about it. When I go down this particular path, I finish up having a row with somebody. But if I go down that path, and I don't try and pick on... I, I don't know whether many of you had... Uh, Stefan and uh, Susha's uh, testimony at camp. Who who heard that? It was really good, wasn't it? And uh, before they came to the Lord, uh, they were they just argued for the sake of arguing. If he said no, she said yes, and verse vice. She came over here um, and uh, received the uh, uh, received the Holy Spirit. His elder sister went back home and. Uh, and uh, Stefan and his children saw her get off of the plane. They knew she was different. She'd been changed. And uh, actually, then she didn't like the verse about, uh, you know, wives obey your husband. But uh, anyway, uh, he admitted that it was quite nice when they had a role reversal there uh, to what they used to be. Anyway, praise the Lord. They're as happy as can be now. And it was simple. You know, some people just argue over the stupidest of things. It's called strife, petting. Anyway, uh, Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. In case you didn't get it the first time, God's saying, Be happy in the Lord. And again, be happy in the Lord. Let your moderation be known to all men. In other words, don't be selfish. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Yes, if you want perfect peace, you've got to learn not to worry about things. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. Leave it to the Lord to fix up. And the peace of God, 
which passes all understanding, shall keep, it shall guard, it shall protect your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And finally, brethren, you've been waiting for this, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And if you're thinking about all those sort of things, you won't have time to talk, think rubbish. And it goes on to say, those things which you've both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be in you. Paul was able to feel so confident in his own relationship with God and his own personal testimony, he was able to say, well, I believe I've set you a good example. And we should all aim to be a good example for each other. And I'll set a good example and get off the platform.